Hey friends, welcome back to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast. Are you interested in starting a garden this year, but you really don't feel like you have great soil, or maybe you just don't have the space to have an in-ground garden bed? Well, if that is you, then I want to share with you one of my favorite ways to grow different kinds of fruits and vegetables, and that is by using a raised bed. We are going to talk about the benefits. We're also going to talk about the things maybe that you should avoid whenever you're trying to start a raised bed garden. And then I'm also gonna share with you what I put inside of my raised bed garden. So let's go ahead and get started. Hi friend, do you dream of having a garden but you don't know where to start? Do you want to switch to more natural products but feel overwhelmed by all the options? Do you believe that a holistic lifestyle would help your special needs kiddo but you're daunted by all the information out there? Welcome to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast where you will learn how to work towards your dream for homesteading, gardening, and holistic living in small, simple steps that won't overwhelm you. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm a wife, Jesus follower, and mom to some amazing kids. As some of my kids began experiencing health struggles and developmental delays, I decided it was time to switch to a holistic lifestyle. I quickly became stressed out and burnt out, feeling like I needed to change everything at once. I finally realized that I had to start making one small change at a time, then build from there. I learned to walk this holistic journey in a way that works for me and my family without stress or overwhelm or constantly feeling like I wasn't doing enough. If you're ready to hear from another mama who understands what it's like to have no time and who can help you make changes towards better health for your family in a way that works for your specific life, then this is the podcast for you. Pop in your earbuds, reheat your coffee for the third time, and let's do this. Hey friends, garden season is almost upon us. I am actually just about to start planting some of my cold weather crops outside. I know it's still pretty early, but I'm going to go ahead and risk it. I'm going to do radishes and I'm going to plant some sweet peas, some sugar snap peas, and I'm also going to plant some broccoli, cabbage, rutabagas, all of that good cold weather crops. If you are so excited about starting your spring garden, but you're also looking for someone to share in the excitement with you, then head over to our free Facebook community and join us there. You can post all of your fun gardening pictures. You can ask us any questions you have along the journey and just share with us and have someone to cheer you along on your gardening journey. You can find us at bit.ly slash motherhood community. I cannot wait to see you there. Okay, so first and foremost, let's just, I'm actually gonna share with you. I've shared this before in different podcasts, but I have a variety of ways that I grow my plants. So I do have raised beds. I also have in-ground beds. I also have stacking planters and then I just have regular pots. I also have grow bags. So I have grown in pretty much most ways. I don't think I've ever grown in like a bathtub or a swimming pool or anything like that, but I've grown in, in the majority of the ways that are available to grow different kinds of plants. And I love all of them for different reasons. And that is why I've really wanted to share with you the different ways that you can grow things. Just to give you an idea, share my experience, share what I think are the pros and cons of all of these different ways and what I've learned along the way. Because I do actually prefer growing certain things in different mediums, I guess you could say. And that's just been something that I've learned throughout the years of just figuring out failures and, hey, this worked really well. This really didn't work well at all. This is what I prefer. And what I will say is I actually think raised beds are probably one of my favorite ways to grow any kind of vegetable because, well, really, actually, there's a lot of reasons, but I have just found that I have a lot more options of the things that I can grow because typically it's a bigger space than if I were going to do something in a pot or a grow bag, but also I am able to utilize a trellis, which means I can plant quite a bit in a 
in a raised bed and then also grow things vertically, which is very, very helpful. So I think raised beds are probably one of my preferred methods. Actually, whenever we move and have more land, which is a goal of ours, I really want to increase the amount of raised beds that we have because I just really, really like them. And I'm going to share with you now some of the benefits and why I enjoy them so much. So the first thing I would say is they're great if your soil isn't really good, if you don't have good quality soil, if it feels like you are dealing with really clay type of soil, that's something we struggle with. And that can at times be difficult, especially like if that's your top soil, it can be very difficult to plant a lot of things in a very clay based soil. So that was why raised beds were a great option for us, especially as we were trying to get started immediately. We have done in-ground beds and worked on improving the soil in those beds, but it has taken years. We do have great soil there now, but it was not an immediate thing, which we will go over raised beds another time and kind of how we've done that. But I think if your soil is not great and you're looking to get started immediately, but you're also wanting more room to grow in than a raised bed is a great option. It's also really good because you're not going to walk on the soil and pack it down, which can be the case if you are doing an in-ground bed. You're typically going to have different rows and stuff like that so you can walk through. But if you're like me, you have little kids that have a tendency to run through the garden and they can pack down the soil or mulch or whatever it is that you're using. And you don't really have to worry about that with a raised bed, which is really nice. The other thing I really like is that it's a great way. It's typically very well draining. So you're going to have more loose soil. You've got good quality, very well draining soil, which can be very beneficial in having good results as you are beginning to grow. One of my favorite things is that you tend to have less weed pressure, especially if you're making sure you're putting down a base layer of like cardboard or something like that. And then you're filling it up with various, um, components, which we will go over later, you just tend to have less weeds that you have to deal with, especially comparing my raised beds to my in-ground bed, significantly less weeds, which requires a lot less time. And I really appreciate that. And then, like I mentioned earlier, you also have the option to grow vertically, which is really, really nice, especially if you're growing in a small space. My favorite way to do that is to use T-posts and cattle panels. And then we just stake those in, put the cattle panels up, and we grow anything on that. Roots and Refuge on YouTube is where I got the idea. They have a video. You can look it up and see how she does that. That's where I got the idea. I think it's a wonderful idea. It's worked really well for us in be a, being able to expand our garden space in the small area that we have. And then the great thing is, is I can grow things vertically and then grow things on the other side uh, still in that same raised bed. So I can plant a couple different crops there in the one raised bed because I am choosing to grow things vertically. There are other options you can do, but in my opinion, in my husband's opinion, the arched cattle panel, it's just very, very pretty. It's very aesthetically pleasing. It's nice to be able to walk under and see it completely covered in like we do pole beans a lot of times on it. Last year, I actually did some little I can't remember the variety, but they were these little yellow watermelons. I don't, I don't remember now. Anyways, it's just, it looks very nice and it's a great way to utilize space. Very, very easy to do in a raised bed. The main thing is you just want to measure, make sure whatever size cattle panel you get is going to be the width is going to work for whatever raised bed you are using. Another benefit is something I already kind of touched on a little bit, and that is the fact that you can actually plant quite a bit in a small little space. So you can grow vertically, then you can plant things in layers. So you could do green beans on the bottom that are possibly um, arching up, growing up onto the trellis. 
And then you could do peppers there above that, pole beans on the trellis. You could do even like radishes or like lettuce, like different kinds of lettuces or greens that would actually work well in the summer because it would provide a little bit of shade from like the pepper plant or the arched uh, trellis might provide a little bit of shade, which would actually help your greens that typically don't like heat to not go and bolt as quickly and you're going to be able to get more of a harvest out of them. So there's just a lot of different options there. And if you're interested in that, the resource I would recommend is the Square Foot Garden. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago in my seven favorite home setting books. It's a great resource, especially if you are looking to maximize a small amount of space. They're going to give you a lot of good ideas of how much you can plant of different kinds of crops in basically a square foot, which is wonderful. The other thing I like is that you can build these yourself. You can buy them. You can even look up and try to find free or cheap online options. Actually, the raised garden beds that we have, we got completely free because a local um, tractor place to us, they when they get different supplies in, especially big farm equipment, they get them shipped in these crates that are shaped like a raised bed garden. And I did check the wood to make it sure it was the appropriate kind, it was safe. Well, when they're done with these crates, they just, they have a wood pile out at their store that they just literally set it out there and anyone can come get it for free. So over like about a year's time, I just watched for those crates. And as I found one or two, my husband would go pick them up and we would fill them and then we would add a cattle panel. And then we had a raised bed garden for completely free. So you can get definitely get creative with this. You could go look on Pinterest and try to figure out. I'm sure there are different kind of plans you could find if you're wanting yourself or someone who is skilled in woodworking could build some for you. Or like I said, you could probably find some different creative ideas on Pinterest as well if you're looking for more of a cheap or free option. There are just so many different options out there. There are a lot of great ideas and it doesn't have to be extremely expensive. Now, if you have the money, I absolutely think you should go with a better quality wood, especially if it's something where you plan to stay for a long time, then I would go ahead and make sure you're getting quality wood that is going to last a long time. The main reason why I did not want to go and spend a bunch of money on raised beds was because we've actually been looking to move from our house for a couple of years. We just haven't had the right opportunity come up yet. So for me, I wasn't wanting to invest a bunch of money in raised beds whenever I knew we were going to have to leave them here. But I also wanted to use the raised beds. So being able to find that and just use that as a free option, we've had them for... I don't know, probably three years now, maybe even four. We're probably going on four years now that we've had these and they are holding up just fine. The one thing I want to say is that you do want to make sure you are avoiding pressure treated wood, especially if you're looking at like making something yourself or you want to take pallets. I know people will do that. You want to avoid pressure treated wood. The reason why is because it actually uses chemicals to treat the wood and you don't want those chemicals leaching into your soil. Untreated wood is going to be the best and then heat treated wood is safe. So the wood that we have is actually heat treated. It's safe. I felt fine with it. I knew it was going to be a free option. So I double checked. You can find a stamp typically on the wood. That's how you're going to know you're going to look for like an HT that's going to be heat treated. And that's how I knew, okay, this is heat treated wood. It's totally fine. It's not going to leach chemicals into the soil. And we went ahead and used that. So just make sure. But again, I would avoid the pressure treated wood. Untreated wood is going to be something like cedar, which cedar is going to last much, much longer than anything else. It is naturally resistant to rot. So if you're looking at 
I want to make these raised beds and I want them to last for a long time, or even I want to buy these raised beds, then I would definitely go the route of cedar. If you're looking for something that might not last as long, but it's just a cheap option to get you by, then pine is an option as well. I will say we actually bought pine beds from, I don't remember, it was a, a local store, like a big box store basically. And they maybe lasted a season. <laughs> they did not last long at all. I also know people will use the metal beds. I have not invested in them. I know that there are wonderful quality ones that you can get, um, like the Vigo Garden, but also there are some on Amazon that I have seen people use. They are a fraction of the cost, but also people have said that they have held up well and worked really well for them. It is actually something I want to try Maybe this year, <laughs> I haven't talked to my husband about it yet, but it's on my list of things to maybe try. We will have to figure out where we would put it. Um, he listens to all my podcast episodes, so um, now he knows. <laughs> and um, I just, I'm thinking I would like to try one out just to see how it does and how it holds up. And they're not super expensive. I think you can usually find them on sale for 40-ish dollars, which for a decent sized bed is actually not that bad. Anyways, those are some options that you can try. And for me personally, I like to have my, my beds as far as like the height of the bed. I want it to be around two feet deep. It's just, you know, it can be even deeper than that. That's totally fine. The thing is you're going to have to fill that with something if it is deeper. But if you're a person or you're looking for children who might have a disability and you want easy access for them, then absolutely raising that raised bed in order to make it where maybe it's wheelchair accessible or a person who has some kind of physical limitation can easily get there and not have to bend over and harm their back or anything like that would be a great option. For me, two feet is pretty good because it gives me a good amount of space, but also I'm not having to waste a ton of money or resources filling it up. And again, I don't have any physical limitations, so that's not a concern for me, but that is a great option if you do, or you're wanting to have someone garden with you who does. So the thing is, you just don't want it to be too shallow because if it's too shallow, there's not going to be enough room for the roots and for your plants to be able to grow and, and thrive. So things that are deeper rooting plants like potatoes or things like that are going to have a lot more difficult time whenever there's not enough space there. So for me, two feet is typically what I try to go with. If it's deeper, that's totally fine with me. Now I will say I'm going to put a link in the show notes for the Vigo garden, like I had mentioned, their raised beds, they actually have an article that walks you through what you should do to fill a raised garden bed. And while I will say there are a lot of different uh, options or ideas out there, I do like what they have and it's pretty much what I followed. So I'm going to kind of go ahead and share that, but I will post the link below. I want to give them credit for it and I want you to be able to go look at it because it is going to be a lot more detailed then what I'm just going to very briefly go over. This is kind of like an overview, but then you can share, use that link whenever you're getting ready to go ahead and get started and making sure you have all of the supplies that you need and you're doing it appropriately. So what I typically did and what they recommend is I would layer on the, first I would put down a layer of like cardboard or some kind of organic uh, weed blocker paper or something like that. And then after that, you're going to want to put down a layer of logs. Rotting ones are better. Um, but if you don't have those, I'll even do like small uh, twigs and sticks and stuff from our backyard because that's what I have access to. So if I know I'm about to fill another raised bed, I will start just creating a little pile of sticks and twigs and stuff like that so that whenever it's time, I will have that to put down as a base layer. Then you're going to put, like I said, 
logs, rotting logs would be ideal, but if you don't have those, do branches and sticks. And then after that, you're going to want to add things like grass clippings or leaves, or you can even put kitchen scraps there in that layer. I mean, it could be something like, let's say you had several heads of lettuce and you some of it went bad. Well, throw that in there as well. Or you have, maybe you, you uh, sliced a bunch of carrots and you peeled them and you have all of those peelings left over. We'll toss that in there as well. You just want that that organic matter that's going to break down over time. After that, you want to add a small layer of compost, which again is going to provide nutrients to the roots as they grow down, which is going to help to nourish your plant and help it to thrive. And then you're going to want to top it off with topsoil. I personally like adding a layer of either straw or um, mulch on top of that, just because it tends to insulate it a little better so that I do not have to water as frequently. So that is what I do as well. That is not what they have recommended on there, but I just want to share with you what I have found to be helpful in helping me to not have to water as frequently because it kind of uh, really traps in that moisture where the top won't dry off as frequently. So that is what I do. That is what they recommend. Like I said, I will post the link in the show notes below as well. And I would love to hear from you. Do you have a raised bed garden? And if you do, what are you planning to plant in it this year? Come share with us over in our free Facebook community. Again, you can find it at bit.ly slash motherhood community. And I hope to hear from you guys. I am so excited. It has been warm at our house for the last several days. And it is just reminding me that spring is coming and I cannot wait to get in the garden. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will see you back next time. Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who is wanting to live more holistically without the overwhelm? Also, don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a review. It blesses and encourages me to know that this show is helping you. All right, friends, it's time for me to go work in the garden and make some homemade bone broth. I will see you back next week.